If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if this was any of my children, I would, I would be not proud to say that, but I, but I mean, they wouldn't be here if that didn't happen. And I would be like, I'm, I'm so sorry that we found this out. But now that we found this out, what can we do? I mean, what can I do to help you? Would you like to meet him? I would be more than happy for, to, to, you know, to take you to meet him and meet his family. And I, I will tell your dad, you know, I mean, like, I, I think my mom owed it to my biological dad to reach out and tell him. And I think he, she owed it to my birth certificate dad to reach out and tell him. She's like mm-hmm. left me to do, to do everything. Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA, and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. DNA Surprises are often uncovered with innocent intentions. When Stacy's daughter decided to take a DNA test to learn more about her father's side of the family, because he's adopted... She didn't suspect that she'd uncover her mother's NPE. Stacy shares how she always felt different from her family and how she is forging new relationships with her biological father, stepmom, and newfound sisters. She also discusses how her discovery has affected her relationship with her mother. Thank you for sharing your story, Stacy. My first name is Stacy, and um, I'm 54 years old, and I am from Romeo, Michigan. When I was, oh, I would say probably like when I was in middle school, I remember saying to my sister that I, th- I said, I don't think I'm dad's. And she's like, oh my gosh, Stacy, like, you're so crazy. Like, why do you say that? And I kind of just always felt like my mom just never really liked me. And I wasn't like, she wasn't like, she wasn't like mean to me. Like she didn't 
visibly mean to me, but there was just something about her demeanor and the way she talked to me or the way she answered me or just the way she acted that I thought she doesn't really like me. And she was 19 when she got pregnant. So I thought, well, maybe I like ruined her life plans. And I'm, I mean, I know I wasn't planned. And so, I mean, maybe she just resented me. I, I wasn't sure. When I graduated high school, I said to my sister again, I'm like, I do not think I'm dad's. And she's like, Stacy. And I said, no, Shelly, because two blue eyes cannot have a brown eyed. And I'm the only brown eyed person in the family. Mm. And my sister doesn't go real deep. I mean, I always say like, I'm way more serious. She's always having a party and I'm always <laughs> in trouble or, you know, I mean, I just, or I don't know. So, you know, she didn't really think anything about it. And I just have never really had a super close relationship with my mom. She got a divorce when I was nine and then got remarried very quickly after her divorce. Then she had two more children with my stepdad. And there's a 10-year difference in between. He's my stepbrother, but we don't refer to like brothers and sisters as step. Like they, we just refer to him as like our brother and sister. We've always had a close relationship. So there's a 10-year age difference between the first child that my mom had with my stepdad. Yes, we, we were never really very close. You know, my mom never really did a lot with us. My sister and I weren't in sports. You know, I basically, I mean, I, I was never a troublemaker. I always did good in school and I, you know, got a job right when I turned 16 and, you know, so kind of just went along, just did what I was supposed to do. I never did go to college. I wanted to, but I, I mean, I went for, I had associates in business management. And when I, and when I got married, I moved about an hour away from where um, I grew up. I grew up in a town in Rochester, Michigan. And then I met my husband and we moved out to Brighton and that's where I raised my family. And I think it was a little better for me being out there because I wasn't in the midst of everything, like in the middle of everything all the time. So I didn't see as much of like the favoritism and, you know, things like that with my brothers and sisters. So I kind of just came to the conclusion that I'm going to go to my grave, never feeling, you know, like my mom accepted me, like she thought that I did you know, a good job raising my kids, or I was just going to go to my grave, never really knowing how my mom felt about me and never getting any kind of confirmation that she thought that I was a good person or a good mom or anything. And then um, I ended up getting a divorce in 2005. I stayed in the Brighton area. My oldest son was just going into high school. And so I wanted to stay there. I didn't want to move him during high school and he graduated. And then my middle son I didn't want to move him either. They were, they were, both of them are athletes. So I didn't want to move them out of the community. And uh, so Bryce graduated. And then my daughter and myself, we moved back to the area that I grew up in where all my family was. And it was really good at first. When my mom married my stepdad, uh, the first child they had was Matthew, my brother. And then 16 months later, they had Bethany. Bethany has, so they have like seven all together. So <laughs> they're busy. But um, <laughs> so Bethany's kids took a lot, you know, a lot of my mom's time, you know, both of my boys were there. They were very good athletes. Bryce went to a college and um, played two years of college across and my oldest son, Jacob, went and played a year of basketball. Um, but my mom never went, went to Ohio to see my, to see Bryce play and Never came out to Brighton to see my kids play. I mean, so, I mean, that kind of hurt me, you know, in a way. And then I had my sister, Shelly, who we were from my mom's first marriage. And she's kind of the same way with their kids, but she's not the same way with Shelly as she is with me. 
I had every holiday at my house. I tried to take as much pressure off her as I could because she doesn't like to have any kind of anything at her house really because she just doesn't like her house messed up. So I would have all the family things at my house or my sister would have them at her house. And I'd come from Brighton with all three of my kids, you know, dressed to the nines. I'm coming with five dishes to pass, all my gifts wrapped, you know, and she still has an issue with me. And then my sister, Shelly, comes, you know, two hours late. She's a hot mess and she's great. So, I mean, there's this kind of, you know, just very different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and then when I got out here, I'm like, okay, I finally said to her, I go, I am so tired of the favoritism in this family. I said, I don't, I do not know what has happened in this family. I said, but there is no family loyalty. There is, I mean, I said, you know, like she'll take off and they take off with Bethany and Nathan and their family and they go on a vacation and they never, we never find out till they're gone. When I was married to my ex-husband, I mean, we were not rich, but he had a good job and I stayed home with the kids, which I was so grateful for. And we vacationed in Florida, you know, a few times a year, but we always invited my mom and my dad and my, bro- and my brothers and my sisters. And if you could go like nine times out of 10, we probably paid for you to go. And we paid for their kids to go to Disney. Like everything that we had, we would share. I never ever made anybody feel like I was better than anybody else or I was just, you know, I just wanted to like share everything, you know, and one time we, we took the kids to, um, the hard rock hotel just went in, in Orlando. And at the time Bryce loved Barney. So they had a deal. If you stayed at the hard rock hotel, you got like a, a line jumper pass for free. So I'm like, that's perfect. The kids are small. We'll go there. And so I called my mom and I was just telling her how much she would love this hotel. Cause everything was like white and very crisp and clean and they gave you like warm chocolate chip cookies and, and cold milk at night before bed. And I, and she was like, oh, must be nice. I wonder what all the poor people are doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So my counselor said like, that she thinks that she's jealous of me, but I don't know why. My mom is beautiful. And I, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't figure it out. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's exhausting really. Right. So I can, so that's kind of a little background about my relationship with my mom and my sisters and, you know, things like that. So my ex-husband is adopted. And so my Shelly, my sister, her kids were, were getting the um, 23andMe DNA test. And Montgomery's like, mom, I would love that. And I said, you know, okay. And I'm a single mom. I'm like, Montgomery, it's a hundred dollars. So I'm a single mom, I'm a single mom for going on 19 years. And, um, and I said, okay, it's kind of expensive. So maybe for Christmas or your birthday. And she's like, okay. Like, I think it was like uh, Cyber Monday or something. So the tests were, I think they were $60. So I bought it for her for Christmas. And this is Christmas of 2018. Before she went to college, you know, she spit in the tube and we sent it off, you know, because she wanted to find out who she was. We don't know what kind of nationality my ex-husband is. We don't know any kind of history. The only thing I know is that my um, ex-husband's mother was a college student and she just wanted better for her child. Anyway, so Montgomery did the test. And so like two weeks later, it's on a Thursday and she calls me and she said, mom, I got my results of my test. And I'm like, you do? And she's like, yes. And she's like, I think I found my grandpa. And I'm like, no way. And she's like, yes. And his name is Larry, just like dad's. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And she goes, you want to know even want to know something else? And I said, what? And she goes, he's from the same town that grandpa and grandma are from, Hastings, Michigan. And I go, okay, Montgomery, that is really weird. 
So I screenshotted the results that she sent me and I did a group text with both of my sisters and my mom. And I said, I think Montgomery thinks she found her grandpa. And I was like, you know, he's from Hastings. Is he got the same name as, you know, her dad? And nobody responds. Like, not a word. And I'm thinking, okay, it's about 1130 in the the morning. Like, I'm sure everybody's busy in their day. I was at work. Um, She was coming home from college that night. And she called me and she's like, when I get home, I'm going to message him because he has on his profile that he is willing to talk to people, you know, talk to anybody that where there seems to be some type of connection. So I said, okay. So I was in the kitchen doing some things and she's on the couch with her computer and she says, mom, I said, what? She's like, he said, no, he said, he's never given a child up for adoption. And I said, oh, she said, no, the only time he's been to the Detroit area is for some Tigers games. Um, and then so my daughter had said, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, thank you for talking to me. I was just so sure that you were my grandpa because there's just such a close, it was like a 98.7% match that he was her, her grandpa. And he said, oh, honey, I'm sorry, but if there's anything that I can do to help you, you know, maybe find your dad or, I mean, I'm more than happy to help you. And he says, and boy, and if we find out that we are related, he said, well, that would just be a blessing. I said, oh my gosh, Montgomery, that was so nice. And she said, I know, mom, he's so nice. It's like 930 in the evening now, and I've still heard nothing from my family. Mm -hmm. So I call my sister, Shelly, and I said, did you get my text message today? And she goes, yes, Stacy, and we're on our way over. And I go, to my house? And she goes, yeah. I go, why? She goes, Stacy, we'll just talk to you when we get there. And I go, oh, let me guess. Let me guess. It's my dad, right? Not, and not Larry's. I said, so I was right. So I was right. All of the, so I am so mad because yeah. I am thinking that my family has, that my mother has kept this lie from me. Her whole entire life, I could feel it in my bones my whole life. I just knew. At this point, my daughter's packing her bags. <laughs> She's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to Aunt Shelly's for the night. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I said, come here. I said, you can go to Aunt Shelly's, but I want you to, she goes, I don't want to be here for this mom. And I said, that's fine. I said, but don't you ever be sorry for trying to find out who you are. This is not your fault. And I do not want you to blame yourself in any way, shape, or form, because she was feeling so bad, like this is all her fault, and if she wouldn't have done this, this wasn't happened, and I'm like, no, it's not your fault. So she leaves, and then uh, I'm, so, and I'm so mad, and so my sisters and my mom come through my front door, and I'm just looking at my mom, and she goes, I'm sorry, I didn't know, and I go, you didn't know, and she goes, no, I didn't know, and I said, oh, really? I says, well, it seems to me where I come from, if you sleep with Tom, Dick, or Harry and you find out you're pregnant, it's probably Tom, Dick, or Harry's. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and she said, well, your dad and I were engaged and he was at college playing football and we were in a fight and I went to a party. Larry was there and she said, he is such a nice guy. She said, he has beautiful cars. He always gives people a ride in them. He's just probably the nicest guy that I've ever met in my life. And she goes, and you're a nice person. I said, well, thank you. I said, that's the nicest thing you've said to me in 50 years. Mm. She just looked at me. I mean, I just didn't even really know what to say because I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm just like, okay, so I'm not who I thought I was. My kids aren't who I think they are. My cousins, I mean, they're not even my cousins. 
And my dad's kids from like second marriage. I'm like, they're mm-hmm. not even related to me. I don't even have a brother or a sister that is full blood. Yeah. Did you feel vindicated or was it, you know, how did you feel? Like, you know, because you always felt like something was wrong. So, or I thought, you know what? I was right. I was, I I just thinking to myself, I said to my mom, well, I never thought you liked me. You never act like you like me. Nothing I ever did was right. I was either too fat or too skinny and I couldn't figure out why my, my own mother never liked me. I mean, everybody that meets me always liked me. I mean, I always, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I help. I mean, I think I, have fallen all over myself all of my life just trying to make sure everybody is good. You know, like when my parents got a divorce, I remember feeling so, I felt bad for my dad. I felt bad for my mom. So I feel like I was always like trying to keep the peace and and trying to make sure everybody's okay. And I never cared about me. Like I always thought to myself, like, I'm okay. Because I said to my mom, I didn't think you liked me. I said, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know if I ruined your plans or if you wish that you wouldn't have got pregnant or if I just screwed everything. I mean, I didn't know. But I just think that maybe I represented a big secret. And I mean, and I always wondered why. So like, I look a lot like my mother, but my dad is, was blonde and blue-eyed and my mom is a brunette and blue-eyed. And I do have some of her features, but I have a much wider mouth, you know, than the rest of my family. And I, my, other, my family, like my sisters and my mom, they have these really big eyes. And I had these really, like, not Chinese eyes, but I had small eyes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, why didn't I get those lips? And why didn't I get those eyes, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then I saw, you know, of course, now, like, my daughter and I were on Facebook and we're, like, Facebook stalking. And I'm like, oh, my God, I look just like my dad. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, Montgomery, your brother Bryce looks just like one of their grandkids. I mean, it is like the resemblance is like crazy. It's, just, it's crazy. Like how much my son looks like my half sister's son. Yeah. And then I have, I, my, I have like my dad's mouth. I have my dad's eyes. So when I first found out, like when they were still at my house that night, I said, I am not telling my boys. I didn't want to tell my boys because Jacob, my oldest, he's 30 now, but he thinks the sun rises and sets in my mother. And my middle one, Bryce, doesn't really care for my mom. So I thought, I do not want to tell them and have this change their thoughts about her. And then I think, oh my gosh, and I can never tell my dad. You know, he's in his late 70s. Like, this is just hurtful information. I can't tell him. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm never just going to tell anybody. And I said, Montgomery, like, after I'm gone, I said, I don't know why this happened, but, like, after I'm gone, if there's any medical problems with your brothers or anything like that, at least you know, you you know how to contact these people. And, I mean, still, I woke up the next morning and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know. I think the hardest part for me was the night that everybody walked out of my house, nobody ever said another word. Like, my brother-in-law, who's a pastor, didn't say Hey, Stacey, you know what? We, we heard what you found out. Are you okay? Would you like to talk about it? My stepdad, you know, who's been my stepdad for over 30 years, he didn't say, hey, you know, Stacy, would you like to talk about this? I mean, how are you doing? You know, Montgomery, how are you doing? Nothing. Nobody talked about it. Everybody just said, oh my gosh, it doesn't change anything. You're still our sister. It doesn't change anything. And I'm thinking, okay, I understand that you're not going to love me or, or like me any less because dad is not my biological dad. And I told my mom, I understand how something like this can happen. I mean, I'm not so blind to think that one night stands don't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. But for so many years, I thought you didn't like me. So this is not making sense to me because I think you knew. Or deep down, you might have known. Because mm-hmm. looking at me, I look just like him. 
So how could you not know? So do you do you believe that she knew or like you know, I think denial is so strong. I think I think that deep down in her I mean by looking I mean by looking at me you would think that I mean you 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 know that I am probably not my dad. So I think mm-hmm. my mom probably knew and I just think I was her dirty little secret. Like I was going always going to be her dirty little secret and there she was never going to tell anyone. And she said when she was walking out my door, she said, I sure am glad your grandmother is not alive to hear this. And that's her mom. And I was very close to my grandma. And I'm not sure why she said that, but I just think that my grandma probably would have been very disappointed. But that was probably the hardest thing for me. I kept this to myself for over two years. And I was like searching on the internet and reading things. And I mean, I just didn't even know. I just didn't even realize that this even happens to people as often as it does. Right. Yeah. I don't think any of us does until it happens to us, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I did, I did read the box of like the 23andMe and it does say on there to be prepared because the results might not be what you think they're going to be. And I was trying to like Google, I was just trying to Google like everything, like, you know, what, how do you deal with the fact of like learning that, you know, your, your, your biological dad is not your biological dad. I mean, is it okay to, should I tell him? Should I not tell him? And I was just very, I just didn't know what to do. So it was one Mm -hmm. Saturday and I called my sister Shelly and I'm like, what are you doing? And she was just a new grandma. And she said, we just got to Cedar Point. And I go, oh, I go, who? She goes, me, mom, Bethany. I go, so the whole family, I go, did you invite Montgomery? She's like, no. I go, and of course you didn't invite me. And I thought, you know what? Like hurt me, but don't hurt my kids. Like I just was so mad because I don't leave anyone out. Like I always invite everybody, include everyone. And if you can't go, at least I invited you, right? At least you felt like you were included. So I was so angry. I was so angry when I was driving home and my daughter had just gone back to college and I called her and I was crying and I'm like, I'm so mad there in you know Cedar Point. And I said, I, I just wanted to go to my mom's house and I just wanted to like do wheelies in her front yard. I wanted to, anything that she enjoyed or liked, I just wanted to destroy. I wanted to go to the hardware store and get poster board. I wanted to write what she did on all these poster boards and put them in front of the church. Because she just wants everybody to think she's perfect. And I'm thinking, mm. I was just so angry. And I thought, you know what? I've got, I have got to go to counseling. I've got to do something because I, I can't live the rest of my life like this. I'm so angry. Yeah. And this is two years in? Yeah, this is two years in. So I um, started counseling in September. And I told her, she's like, you've kept this inside for all this time. And I said, yes. I said, but I can't do it anymore. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't. I know she's like, well, you need to tell your boys. And I go, I do. And she's like, yes. She says, because if anything were to happen, Stacey, and you were gone already, and they were to find this out, it would be very hurtful probably. And you don't, you, you know, you're not that kind of a person. You don't want to do that. And you can't leave all of that up to Montgomery. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then she's like, and you need to reach out to your biological dad. And I go, and I said, and she's like, and you need to tell your dad. You need to tell your first. And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. So came to have peace about telling my boys. I just didn't know how I was going to tell them. It was the next month in October. And my oldest son is at the doctor's and he's having his physical for work. And he said, hey, mom. And I said, yes. And he said, how old was grandpa when he had prostate cancer? And I go, my heart, 
fell to my feet and I go, oh my gosh, he's not even his grandpa. Like yeah. I have to tell, I have to tell, like nothing on my kids' medical charts are right. I felt like right. every few months I was just finding things that just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm thinking I have to tell him. And so there was this one day he had called me and I don't know what made me feel like it was a good time to tell him. But I said to Jacob, I said, I have to tell you something. And he said, okay. And I said, and I told him, you know, what we had found out. And he said, man, I'm sorry, mom. And I said, I know. I said, it's okay. I said, you know, I, I'm, you know, had a few years to like digest this. I'm in counseling, you know, so it's better than it was. And he said, maybe that explains like why grandma has always treated you like she has. And I said, I know I had thought that too. And he said, well, I definitely think we need to reach out to this family because we need to know medical history. You know, I want to know medical history for myself. I want to know it for my future children and it's the right thing to do. And I said, okay. And I said, I have to tell Bryce, but Bryce was at college. And so I didn't want to tell Bryce over the phone because he would worry so much about me. He would be like, and I said, and when I tell him, I just want to tell him that I've had two years to digest it and I'm fine. So I waited till Thanksgiving to tell him. And he's like, he kind of said the same thing Jacob did. He's like, you know, he was a sorry. And, you know, and he's like, I don't, I don't even know. Mom, this is like, you know, a lot to digest. And um, so he agreed with Jake, you know, that we needed to reach out to these people. And then yeah. Montgomery didn't tell me. But all along... Um, Larry had been reaching out to her on 23andMe and just asking her how she was doing and if she found out who her, you know, her dad's biological family was. And she hadn't been telling me. The only thing she says to me is, Mom, every time I get an email from 23andMe, I about poop my pants. <laughs> I go, oh, Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And she's like, seriously. And I, she's like, he's been reaching out to me this whole time. And I said, Montgomery. I said, are you responding? She goes, No. I said, you know, that's not very nice. I said, you, you need to at least respond and thank him for checking on you and, and reaching out to you. And she said, I know. But she said, if I, if I reach out to him, mom, I'm not going to do it on 23. I don't want to do it on 23 me. And I said, okay. She's like, I'm going to do it on Facebook. And I said, okay. So then Christmas Eve of 2020, and she says, mom, I'm going to message Larry. And I said, you are? And she said, yes. And I said, okay. And she said, hi, Larry, this is Montgomery. I don't know if you remember me, but we think we have everything figured out. And we think, and it's not my dad, it's my mom. And he said, oh, how do you know that? And she said, well, when we told my grandma who my biological grandpa was, she knew your name right away. And she said, her name is Sue. And he said, oh, yes, yeah, she used to go by. And Montgomery said, yes, that's, that's my grandma. And he said, oh, and he says, has your mom taken a test? And she said, no, but she looks just like you and your grandson looks just like my brother Bryce. She said, she will take a test if you want her to. And we, did, we don't want anything from you. We just wanted to reach out to you and tell you that we figured it out. No, we've told my brothers and my brothers think that we need to get medical information. And she says, mom, his wife is getting on now. And I said, oh my gosh, Montgomery, if she's mean just hang up because you know, you never know how the wife is going to act. She might be thinking that I'm like trying to wreck their happy home. And that's another thing too. I looked on Facebook and their family just looked so happy and you could just mm -hmm. tell that they were, they were Christians and they were just really great people. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I do not want to come in and just 
put this in their world. Like they don't deserve this. And I mean, I, you just don't ever know how anyone is going to react. Yeah. And so her, my biological dad's wife's name is Linda. And she said, Oh, Montgomery, we thought we lost you. She said, I have been stalking you on Facebook. And she said, this is such a blessing. And she said, I was ready to go up and stand on that campus for however long I had to stand on that campus for and wait for you to walk by. I thought for sure you have to walk by me. You know, you have two cousins and, and now we have you. We have our Montgomery. Your grandpa is 10 years older than myself. And she said, I always wanted more children. And your mom... And you kids are an answer to our prayers. I mean, they were so nice and so kind. She's like, we love you already. And Mm. they were just so, so nice. And I was just so overwhelmed by their kindness. And, um, you know, we talked to them and, you know, my biological dad says to me, I said to your mom, when I found out she was pregnant, I said, do you know for sure that's Carl's? And Carl's is the person who I thought was my biological father all these years. And she said, Yes, I do. I had a blood test. And he says, well, we sure know that's not the truth. Mm. And, um, and I just told him I was sorry. You know, I'm sorry for that. And uh, so my mother, my biological father that I just found out about, and my birth certificate dad are all from the same town. And my biological dad knows my whole mother's family. I mean, he still talks to my mom's brother's which are my uncles. He sees them on a regular basis. I mean, he had beers with my grandpa years ago. My half-sister, Teresa, his daughter, is married to a person by the name of Travis. And Travis is my cousins. They're very good friends. So there was like, there was this inner interconnectedness this whole time. Yes. And my dad knows, would know who Larry is. Mm. And so another crazy thing, so my dad is older than my mother. Well, my, bio, you know, my birth certificate dad is older than my mother. And when I was probably about 12, we found out that my dad had gotten a girl pregnant his senior year of high school. So back in the day, like if you got a girl pregnant, you were not allowed to stay in that school system. He got shipped up north in Michigan to a town and he had to finish his senior year up there. So I always thought I had an older half-brother somewhere out there that I'd never met. All I knew is that his name was Christopher. So my daughter and I ended up meeting my biological dad and his wife and my sisters in January of 2021. And I'm talking to my father, you know, I'm talking to my dad and he says, and you know, your dad, Carl got a girl pregnant a senior year. And I said, yeah, I found that out when I was around 12. And he says, the girl he got pregnant married my best friend. So he said, my best friend adopted Christopher and I see Christopher all the time. And I said, oh my gosh. And he said, so I saw you after you were born. He said, you had this whole head of these big brown eyes and this dark hair. You had so much dark hair. And Christopher, your dad's son, he was just blonde and blue eyed. And he said, and I thought for a second, you know, I didn't really know if that if you were your dad's so now I'm feeling bad right because you know did this person wonder that for all these years and I thought mm-hmm. well I wonder if that's why he did 23 me I don't think it is um you know come to find out you know my my biological dad which makes me feel very sad no too I mean he had a very rough childhood his mom gave him to his grandma to raise when he was six months old and then she left his biological dad and she didn't have two more children but she also gave them to 
you know, her mom to raise and they were so poor. He just had a really rough childhood. And then I think, okay, great. My mom picked somebody like this to like, you know, I mean, who already had a really rough go at it anyway. And then he finds this out, you know, when his daughter's 50 and I don't know, I mean, it just made me feel bad. And I think that's what he's 80 now, you know, and he says, um, I'm just sorry that we missed out on all those years. Mm. And he said, you know, we would have been there for you and we would have loved you. And, you know, I mean, so they, they just welcomed my family and myself, you know, with open arms. And it was a little overwhelming because I knew that I couldn't, because I wasn't trying to like fit them in because they're, they just make you feel, you just feel so at home with them and you just feel so loved. And, and you, and the love that you feel from them is so unconditional. And, you know, and I always felt like the love for my mom is maybe conditional, you know? And, um, and so I thought I could never tell my mom that I met him and how nice they are and how wonderful they are and how they just want to be, they just want to be part of our, every second of our life and the grandkids that they have. I mean, they're at every sports, every kind of a game that they have. They're just there with their grandkids every step of the way, all of them, you know? And, and she my you know, my, my biological dad's away from Linda. She's just so loving and so caring and she's very smart and so supportive and I just think you know I wonder if my life would have taken a different you know path had I had I had somebody right you know behind me like that that was encouraging and you know that was very successful herself you know in the business world and you know and she said you know try not to be so hard on your mom I'm sure when she found out she was pregnant she wanted it to be your dad's because you know your dad was playing college football and you know going to school and he's probably going to be very educated and have a really good job and I'm thinking she thought her future would you know maybe be much better with your dad and you know Larry was just a worker he just didn't have a college education or anything like that I'm sure she that didn't look very desirable to her at the time right I'm like yeah but it's still just not right I mean my mom never called me very much before but like since December since like November of this year. She doesn't text me. She doesn't call me. She doesn't really, she just doesn't, I mean, like if we see, you know, we'll be at family functions or whatever, like we're cordial to each other and we talk and I'll send her pictures of the kids or, and things like that. But she never reaches out to me. I said, I could be dead for four or five days. If it wasn't, and if it wasn't for my daughter, like nobody would know, you know, and that's just not mm. the way it used to be. We used to talk every single day, all of us three or four times a day. We were so close. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it makes me angry, but my counselor said to me, and, and so did my, and so did Linda. Linda said, I don't know your mother, so I don't want to say for sure, but she's building a wall between you two so she does not have to deal with the guilt mm-hmm. because the guilt is just, I guess, is just maybe so overwhelming. And I, I, t- I said to my sister, the only one who has a problem with this is mom. Everybody else is okay with this. I go, they want to shout it from the rooftop and they would just love you. They would love your kids. They would just, they just would love everyone. And I know I have to tell my, I mean, I know I have to tell my biological dad because, you know, we want to be part of their life, you know? I mean, and my sister Sherry, we talked before we met. Once we talked, we talked for hours on the phone. We talk every single day. We have so much, she's been divorced for 19 years. I've been divorced for 19 years. She swears she's never getting married again. I swear I'm never getting married again. And she's like, you're so much like dad. And 
my ex-husband used to say to me, Stacy, you're nothing like your family. And I just thought, I didn't really think much of it, right? He's like, you're just so much different. Did you tell your birth certificate father? I have not yet. And that I know I have to do that because my daughter is engaged. She got engaged at Christmas. And she says, mom, I want them at my wedding. And another thing too is, you know, they just want to shout it from the mountaintop. And I finally told my sister, Sherry, I said, go ahead, tell them. Because it would be, it would be much better for me if, if you just tell everybody that you want to tell. And maybe it would get back to my uncles. And then maybe my uncle would call my mom and say, listen, what is this that we hear that, you know, Stacy is, you know, Stacy's biological dad is Larry and not Carl. Because if I do it, everybody is going to be, is going to feel sorry for my mom. And they're going to be, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you did that. Why would you hurt mom like that? You know, why would you, you know, do anything in just for the same reason that I can't tell my mom, you know, that I, because my mom would be like, oh, Stacy, isn't that so nice? It's so nice that you found your family, you know, that, and you found someone that just loves you because, you know, you came such, from such a horrible family. And my mom would never be happy for me mm. or for my kids. But you would think that she would be so happy, right? You would think, I mean, I think to myself, oh, if I ever found myself in this situation, how grateful I would be to have my daughter be part of a family that has just loved her unconditionally from the moment that they heard her name and found yeah. out that we were related. My, my dad's wife, Linda, she wrote me this beautiful letter and told me all about my dad's childhood and, you know, and about how they met and, I mean, you know, and the things he's been through and, and see, he was a sharpshooter in the service and my older son, I mean, he is such he loves to hunt he is so good with guns i mean back when he was like three and four i'm like to my mother he cannot have any more guns he cannot have any more swords because everywhere we go he wants a gun or a sword i am so nervous he's gonna i I don't know why he likes all this so i took it all away and then we we were out to eat and he had a breadstick and he's like i'm like okay i don't 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 turn anything into a weapon yeah anything's gonna be a weapon and so he loves guns he loves knives he's a very knowledgeable hunter. He's so safe. My son has a red in his beard and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, where did red, like I, like we have no red in our family. I, I mean, he had like a sandy brown hair, but his beard is like fire engine red. And I'm thinking, okay, that's crazy. Your grandpa was a sharpshooter in the service. So that must, I mean, like you sound like you're so much like him. Yeah. Have you all actually met and spent time together? They are going camping next month and I'm taking the weekend off of work and then we're going to go camping with them. And I did tell my boys, you know what, we're going to be here camping and um, it'd be great if you could swing by and say hi. You know, if Jacob, if you're in town, he's like, absolutely. If I'm in town, I'm, I'm there. And Bryce is like, you know, not very far from where they live. So I'm just praying that it works out, you know, that they can all yeah. meet. Because they're oh, so excited. Yeah, that's I mean, so exciting. Yeah. It is. And I just want them to meet. I just think that my, you know, my dad would just so enjoy them. And I think my boys would just enjoy them because it, it's just like they don't have that relationship with my, my you know, with my birth certificate dad. I mean, my birth certificate dad got remarried. And I mean, I was with my mom. We didn't really see him. I'm not very close to him, but I know my dad loves me. And if I never, ever needed anything, he would be there, you know, be there for me in a second. Right. 
What do you call Larry? Do you call him Larry? Do you call him dad? I'm, I'm always fascinated by how people approach this. Like, so like when I'm talking to him, or when I'm talking about him, because my sister Sherry right away was right away was like dad and mom and he's your dad old and like that's your sister, you know, because sometimes she'll go, well, my dad, well, I mean, our dad. So right away, she referred to him as my dad and our dad. And so mm. I refer to them as, as mom and dad, you know, when I'm talking to her. Um, I do have another sister, Teresa, too, but she's very busy and doesn't have like the time that Sherry has. So what's next for you in your journey? What do you hope happens with your mom, for example? I think when I get ready to tell my birth certificate, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to give my mom, I'm going to tell my mom that I've got to tell dad for these reasons. And I'm going to give her the opportunity to come with me to tell him, which I'm sure she won't. I'm just praying that like, I'm going to know when the time is right. I'm really just praying that like God just will show me like when the right time is to tell my birth certificate dad and um, that my family would be welcoming to Larry and Linda and the girls and you know, that we could just take not a, not a horrible situation, just a situation that was, has surfaced. And I really would just love it if everybody could just be like family. You know, yeah. I just would love that if my mom could just be like, you know what? Yes, it happened. And I didn't mean for it to happen. But, you know, Stacy, Stacy's biological dad and their family are wonderful. And, you know, um, and my kids now have, you know, more cousins. My grandkids have more cousins and they have another set of grandparents. And I wish that's the way that it could be. I don't see it being that way with my mom. Now, I think my sisters would really enjoy Larry and Linda and the girls. I mean, they're so nice and they're, and they would love their kids. So I I don't know if I'll ever have that kind of, if we'll ever have that kind of relationship, but I'm hoping that we can, I mean, I'm hoping I can say someday to my family and go, yeah, I'm going, you know, Montgomery and I and the boys are going camping with, you know, Larry and Linda and my sisters and, and not be mad at me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But everybody feels sorry for my mom instead of, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me, but I don't understand why a decision my mom made, you know, 54 years ago is all of a sudden become my problem and my problem alone and left for me to learn how to heal and piece all these pieces together for my family. And yeah. why should I be, why do I not have anybody offering to help me? Why do I not have, I mean, so it's like, I want to do all this, but I'm the other, I mean, and I'm, but I, and the reason I did that is for my children, mm-hmm. um, because they have a right to know, you know, and yeah. uh, you know for their their future children and for themselves, and you know, and and I I need to tell my birth certificate, Dad, because when he's at the wedding, he's gonna know Larry, and he's gonna be like, well, why is Larry here? So wow. so, but I think everybody, would, it, I think everyone would be absolutely fine with it, but my mom is not fine with it. What advice do you have for parents who are keeping a DNA surprise from their children? Oh my gosh, tell them. Because it's not, it's really hard. You know, it's really hard when so many years pass and you have children and it affects your children. And it's just really hard, you know, and my daughter still doesn't know, you know, any biological, I mean, she still hasn't, you know, I said to Montgomery, I don't ever want you to stop 
you know, searching for who you are and, you know, I will help you. But I think she's so traumatized by the whole thing that she's not ready to revisit that yet, you know, and I'm hoping someday she will, because I think it is important. You know, she could have a whole other side of it on her dad's family that would be really great for her too. If you think that there's any, you know, chance at all, tell them sooner rather than later, because there's so many things that are so concrete by the time all those years pass that there's a lot of damage, you know, emotionally and mentally and things like that, you know, you have to sort through. What advice would you offer someone who just found out that they're an NPE? Oh my gosh. Um, To do their research and to try to reach, try to find out who, you know, who their biological dad is and who their family is. I mean, it might not turn out as good as, as mine did, but it might. And I think that um, honesty, I really think honesty is the best policy. I think, you know, following it all the way through, just so you could feel like you belong. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I yes, hope that your relationship welcome. continues to grow. Thank you. And thank you so much. Thanks again to Stacy for sharing her story. If you have a DNA surprise story that you'd like to share, please email DNA surprises at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our last episode of season three next week. Until next time.